Hello, 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 and welcome back to Joe on Joe, the only podcast where I, Joe Slupski, watch every episode of G.I. Joe, a real American hero, in sequential order, and comment on it mystery science style. Uh, this week, I am, uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this episode, guys. I'm really, really excited because we are reaching literally around the world. We have um, sent up a, a, a signal to our Cobra satellites up in the sky. We've bounced it off the mass device. We've, uh, we've avoided the Pyramid of Darkness, and we have reached all the way to Cape Town, South Africa, to invite to the show uh, my new friend, Steve from Joburg. Steve Jubber, welcome to Joe on Joe. Thanks, Joe. Uh, guys, I'm doing backflips. This is very exciting. You, you, you wouldn't say that I have a podcast of my own because, yeah, just uh, getting to meet you and, and coming oh. onto your show, it's oh, dream come true, man. Oh, we are going to say you have a podcast of your own. You're a fellow <laughs> podcaster. You got G.I. Joe Berg, and you guys have been doing, you guys have been doing the G.I. Joe podcast game for longer than I have. Uh, tell me a little bit about that show. I know when I first started Joe on Joe, yours was the one that always came up in search in certain, in my searches when I was trying to figure out what the identity of my show was going to be. And I gotta be honest. I remember looking at it going from South Africa, like who, who's doing it? <laughs> and I, and I was like, is this legit? Like, who's doing a Joe podcast from South Africa? So I love it. It's you're real. You're legit. You're here. Tell me about <laughs> Joeberg, man. Well, it speaks to the quality of the G.I. Joe toy line, man. It, uh, it, 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 it had its tentacles in every part of the world. <laughs> and uh, it was the coolest action figure for anybody's buck. Uh, I think G.I. Joe toys cost a measly seven South African rand back in the day. And that's you can't even buy a loaf of bread for that anymore. Wow. Um, yeah, inflation. So they were the coolest, most affordable, most widely distributed toys, and they just captured my imagination. You know, other kids got into sports mm -hmm. or video games. I enjoyed role play with my action figures, and it was a very community-building thing before that was a, a, a thing. Like, mm -hmm. all the kids in the neighborhood would come over to my place because I had amassed quite a nice G.I. Joe collection, and we'd just have insane adventures. That's, that's you know, memories that, so cool. that have lost it to this day. That's so cool. Thanks, so man. so what years were this? Because you always hear about like cultural things more so not necessarily these days with the Internet and everything kind of going global immediately. But back in the day, it'd be like the mid 80s and you would hear, yeah, they just got all in the family over in England, you know, and you're like, what? Like, you know, and they, <laughs> it's like 1992 and they're like episode one of the Cosby shows just premiering, you know. So so when did G.I. Joe hit your shore? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I think we got the Action Force releases uh, for a, a large chunk of time. And this is before I was old enough to to be cognizant of any of this. I mean, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a latter-day G.I. Joe fan. Mm -hmm. So the 90s really hit with me, which is why I'm so stoked that we're doing the Deke series. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be somewhat of an authority on the uh, latter it. releases. I love it. Yeah. Um, so those were my my playground of, of G.I. Joe characters, vehicles, uh, concepts. I mean, I, I still have nothing bad to say about the Ninja Force. Don't hate. <laughs> Uh, so it's, it's interesting that G.I. Joe cuts this wide spectrum of, of fans. I mean, the toys, even in the latter years of the original run, were still the best things hanging off pegs mm -hmm. and have had you know, a lasting effect on me. 
and imagine my 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 joy my ecstatic joy when i found the internet and ebay and discovered everything released 1982 to sort of 1987 mm-hmm. this was stuff that i didn't know existed oh, i thought wow. the tomahawk was something that only existed in the pages of the marvel comic awesome and you guys know, got, and you guys got the comic book over there too did you get now did you uh, get had, it as action force or did you get it as gio it was a weird combination of both and kind of a bit of a treasure hunt to find them, uh, find dog-eared copies at news agents and stuff like that. I mean, the whole comic book store culture hadn't really taken off here at all. So you were going to news agents and seeing, or, or even corner cafes, mm-hmm. and just seeing if they had back issues of G.I. Joe just trawling through the, the spinner rack, or not <laughs> even the spinner rack. It was like sandwiched in between newspapers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a, a, a few scrappy copies of the comic book, just enough to give me a snapshot of what the characters were like. And But I mean, you know, G.I. Joe was a play pattern just off the card itself. Yeah, You had the figure, the accessories, the exceptionally well and in-depth written file card. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was enough of a jump-off point for your imagination. Yeah, you that's... knew that Storm Shadow was bad ninja. You knew Snake Eyes was good ninja. Didn't speak. Had a wolf. Totally agree. Fight. Totally agree. It was a few episodes back that that one of our guests pointed out that it there's really there's so many multiple continuities for it because if you just had the toys, mm-hmm. there was enough info on that file card to build this world in your head of all these characters. How oh, they I know it was it was Carl yeah. Stern, wasn't it? Especially be yeah. yeah, it was it was Carl yeah. Especially because they would um, they would I loved in the quote when the quote would be from another Joe member. It wasn't just an anonymous quote. They'd be like Rock and Roll says General Hawk's the best and blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh wow, like they it gives personality to characters outside of just the guy you're you're dealing with. And then you had the cartoon, and then you had you know then you had the comic book. Like so, there's just levels and levels and levels of of continuity. So tell me about yeah. GI Joeberg. When did you guys start it? Like, what? What was I mean, the impetus? Being you love GI Joe, but tell me about the origins of GI Joe Berg the podcast. Well, I think like like most um, uh, uh, fan project stories, it starts in a comic book store <laughs> where two total strangers uh, just sort of are going through the racks and saying to each other, "And I wish they'd have more GI Joe books." Oh, you like GI Joe as well? Oh, well, you know, I think we spoke for about an hour and a half about gi joe it became evident to me that this man had had a depth of knowledge that that rivaled my own and that who, man's are, name and is who paul are Loebscher. paul Loebscher? yes uh, he's uh, the other sort of co co-host on the show uh he is actually based in johannesburg hence the name gi joeberg okay <laughs> there you go punny that like no I, I never i never never put that together i love it that's great yeah, well, Joe, Joburg is the sort of the, the colloquial term for Johannesburg, South Africa. That's um, fantastic. So, hey, you heard it first on Joe and Joe podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys met in a comic shop, and you're like, let's do a pod together, and let's talk G.I. Joe. And what's what's your favorite topic to, to get into on the show? Like, what, tell me your tell me your format of your show. I think the origins were fireside chats and and. And because it was something that that would always get a kick out of the listenership, uh, top five lists mm. kind of dominate, mm-hmm. and 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 try and make them as off the wall and interesting as possible, because everyone has opinions on this beloved toy line, so everyone has a top five um, pistol, um, yeah. uh, pistol 
uh, accessory or or backpack or top five issues of the comic book, for instance. That's True. right up your alley, Joe. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That's, that's I love the I love the comic. You know this. Uh, so we off can, the top of your head, what are your top five? Ooh, top five, uh, top spot. five of what? Okay, put me on the spot. Top the, five the comic of book. the comic book. Um, well, yeah, you gotta you gotta include uh, what is it 20, uh, 26 and twenty seven the the Snake Eyes two parter. Um, oh, okay. I'm a Snake Eyes. I'm a Snake Eyes nut. Um, I love the um, I love the invasion of Cobra Island. Was that issue fifty? I think it was in that. Oh, I think fifty was more the invasion of Springfield. Was that Springfield? Cobra Island came. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Then, yeah, the invasion of Springfield. Um, oh, I was guess. a big fan of the Cobra Civil War. The issue numbers are escaping me, but it, was, it ran bi-weekly yeah. during a summertime here. And I was getting it in the mail at that point. And, like, every two weeks I would get this great Civil Cobra Civil War. Like, the war game was amazing. Um, a, a, a personal soft spot is the uh, the issue numbers escaping me, but it's in the 60s where it's uh, Snake Eyes and Scarlet on the cover, and they're standing over a minefield, and it's the one where Snake Eyes gets blown up, but you think he dies, but he really goes undercover mm. to go rescue the guys that were held over um, captive overseas. That yeah. that was an issue that I had taken with me on a um, uh, like a getaway week that I had with my father up in upper Wisconsin. So like that's one of those... One, it's a, it is a fun issue, but it's one of those personal memories of... You know, like a personal connection to it, because I that week I read that comic book probably 150 times. Um, you know, because it was. It's and, true to say that this this hobby of ours is a mini time machine. Yeah. You yep. know, it, our our enjoyment of it is always enhanced by the nostalgia that we attach to when we first read that issue, mm-hmm. or when we first pulled that action figure off the the pegs mm-hmm. and just marveled at like. The arts, file yeah. card, the little plastic man rattling around in that bubble. <laughs> yeah, it really is. There's there's two levels. There's two levels of collecting for me, you know, and 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 so much of it is is that for me, the majority of my collecting is that personal connection. Um, you know, recently I've gotten my hands on some of the early Joes that I never had as a kid, and as cool as it is for me, I'm still like there's still not that personal connection just because I didn't have them. Even though I read about them, you know, like say let's say Torpedo, you know. I read about him, of course, and I, you know, I was a fan. I liked him, but I never had his figures, so I got my hands on one recently, and I, I think it's really cool. But there isn't that remembrance, you know, mm. that, that that remember Barry, that member Barry, as they like to say in South Park. Uh, yeah. So, and, and, and that for me, that carries over into comics, toys, all this stuff, and it makes it very personal. I think that's what's important when I see people talking about comic books. When I see people come into the shop and they're more mercenary, you know, and they're like. They're just looking to to buy a book, you know, that's going to be explosively hot, you know, or their investment. They're just there for the dollar, and uh, you know, we'll I'll be talking to them, and I'll start dropping basic basic comic book knowledge, like, oh yeah, well you know this character, blah blah blah, and they've just told me the thousands of dollars they've spent in investing in comics, but they don't know this main like main character, for example. I my my head explodes. I'm like, what? How could? Why are you, you're, this is the whole joy. Yes, it's, you can make money with it. But the whole point of this is to, to know and learn. For me, it is, you know, it's to know and learn and mm. like explain, expand my knowledge and stuff on it. So yeah, that's just, that's not a world I come from. Oh, it's frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. As in, so now as People an, who are ignorant about yeah. the stuff that we hold so dear. As an ad- uh, I mean, as I'm going to ad- quote you back to you, but like when you were talking to, to sort of non- comic book people about how the movies and comic books i'm talking about cartoon uh, comic mm-hmm. book properties how they differ 
and how yeah this 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 infinity war thing it's not going to play out exactly like the the uh, <laughs> the comic book event and you know spider-man he you know this stuff it's uh, it, yeah it can get pretty pretty trying sometimes yeah working with <laughs> now as now as an adult you know you're 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 you seem like a very capable functioning adult have you taken your 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 adult resources and like gone back and bought all the stuff you wanted as a kid it's still pretty prohibitive uh being in south africa it uh-huh. would incur like serious postage costs oh, uh, essentially sure. you're buying things twice or, or three times oh, right, uh, right particularly depending on on you know larger items like for instance in this episode that we're gonna uh, uh discuss just now uh there is a a toy featured quite prominently in it that i would love to have the general if not for my own <sighs> the general yes yes <laughs> if not for my own purposes of just having a cool massive toy um I think YouTube is still in dire need of like a a really good in depth review of that thing. That it's, it's 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 a cool toy. I it was past my time, so I didn't I don't mm-hmm. have that connection to it. But it when I look up the stuff and I and I look info, that seems like it's a really cool toy with like a lot oh, of wow. a lot of play points on it. Yeah, and they I'm do. They do. They doing this episode. <laughs> they feature it like a commercial. You're so right. They feature. It's like, hey, everybody, here's the general. Go buy it. Like, <laughs> I don't see the harm in that. Personally, no. these are my favorite kinds of episodes. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Dan Lawson, who does the Toy Galaxy YouTube channel. Uh, he no. does an excellent, uh, very, very uh, wide ranging show, typically about uh, vintage toys, but. Uh, you know, he talks about cartoons and and, mm-hmm. and the like, but he made reference to the parents groups that would lobby against um, cartoons that were basically 23 minutes toy commercials yeah. saying like, you know, this is this is this is awful. We're we're being being prompted to buy these things, these expensive toys for our kids. Meanwhile, Dan makes the point that not only did he enjoy them uh as toy commercials, but he enjoyed them because they were advertising yeah. things that he could actually buy. Yeah. Um, I love when a cartoon showcases what a toy can do, its features, its design, uh, just putting it in, in, in fantastical situations. Yes. Um, and if I you, mean, and, that, and if you think about it, the, the, so you got a cartoon, you only get, you know, whatever, 30 episodes a year, right. Or whatever, you know, whatever the season is. So, they're showing if they showcase it in 20 of those episodes that's extending the playtime of that toy for that kid that's making him want to play with that singular toy more and more and more and more versus how many i don't know if you have any kids i have a couple nieces they're great um but you know i've seen i've seen it with my friends kids where they give them a toy the kid plays with it for a month and then they never play with it again right mm-hmm. gi joe and 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 in cartoons like this Transformers, absolutely. They extended the play. They extended the life of that. All of a sudden, that toy was being used as long as it was on the show. That would keep the kids' interest. You know what I'm saying? So it's a weird. Yes, it would. It would make them want to spend money to buy it, but it really should have also stretched your dollar out because you were getting longer, like a year or two years worth of play out of it. That is a great point. Yeah. I hadn't actually considered that. Yeah. And thirty years later. It's extending the play value of the yeah, toy to totally. men, it's, children everywhere. Children. I want me a general <laughs> as a result. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, today we are watching the episode General Confusion, which is, I actually like it quite a bit. I think it's a very fun episode. Uh, it's, it's the, the DIC is, I am warming to DIC. I really am. Uh, I'm still going to knock it a little bit. I still think, you know, the actual quality of the animation is subpar, but, and there's occasionally some silly stuff that slips by, but there is, I'm warming to the DIC stuff. Uh, I, I gotta, I can't, I can't lie. I can't hide behind this facade of Sunbow only. The DIC stuff is, is, is got some sweet spots for me. As long as we were talking about, I know this was the segue I wanted to make though earlier. So we're talking about getting you some toys out in out in uh, Cape Town, right? And you're saying how they're three times the amount of money. Well, this is what I want to talk about right now with uh, Joe Khan coming up. When is Joe Khan? June. The is it? weekend of the twenty first to the twenty fourth of June. Of yeah. June in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga. So with <laughs> Joe Khan coming up. We are trying to get you guys, the guys from G.I. Joburg, to JoeCon. So you've got a GoFundMe going at GoFundMe slash G.I. Joburg slash JoeCon 2814 slash 2018 slash 1895 or something something like that. Tell me about the GoFundMe. You guys, I love it. And I love it. I think there's enough resources out there. We'd love to get some South Africans over to uh, G.I. Joburg in Chattanooga. So give us the URL for the GoFundMe. Okay, uh, gee whiz, www.gofundme.com forward slash G.I. Joburg, that's G-I-J-O-B-U-R-G dash Jocon 2018. That's two zero one eight. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's much simpler than I made it, it out. Let's put it in the show notes or something. Nah, it's much simpler <laughs> than I made it out to be. It's not that hard. Just do a search for it. Of course, you guys can find GI Joburg on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. You guys are on Instagram. Typically, it's at GI Joburg. Very easy to find. You could find me at Joe on Joe Pod. Uh, that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We also, I just started a Patreon for this show. It's to help kind of keep the lights on. We, we're doing uh, Joe and Joe Illustrated. It's our patron-exclusive podcast where we break down every episode, every issue, rather, of the G.I. Joe comic book in, in painstaking detail. And you guys can find that at Patreon slash Joe and Joe Pod. For only $3 a month, you get access to all this in-depth comic book stuff. We're doing about four or five of those pods a month. It's it's a real bargain if you're if you're a fan of the comic book. So with the GoFundMe, how much are you guys trying to raise? Yeah. <sighs> I can't it's imagine it's to, a cheap it's a cheap trip. Yeah, look, and there you must also bear in mind there are three of us. Um, uh, well, the, the, so, the smallest one, smallest one can go in, in a the big three and luggage. a half thousand dollar range per person or yeah. total. No total. Total. Okay. Well, still no, that's, get a deal. that's yeah. That's still that's yeah. That's pretty hefty. Mm. Then there are, I mean, the internal flights and accommodation. Uh, so all told, uh, seven thousand. Oof, yeah, mm. that's yeah, that's Oof. good. Well, big ask, but we're at sixty-five percent of that goal. That's two months amazing. To remain. That's great. So our, our 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 look, it's a testimony to the the people out there that dig what we do. Yeah, uh, it's it's wonderful. I never expected it. I did it as a kind of a well, what's the worst that could happen kind mm -hmm. of venture, and people have responded so warmly. Uh, it's quite overwhelming, actually. That's I never fantastic. thought that we'd make money out of this thing it was always just a labor of love and and going to jocon is also a labor of love i mean i 
um, yeah, I, I, I'd hate to really ask money for, for what we do because that would put me under the pressure of um, maybe producing a more quality uh, product. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, the bare bones nature of, of what we do. It is very fireside chat and very informal. Uh, and also our release schedule is all over the place. Uh, yeah. You, however, have kept up an impressive well, thank, release schedule. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's, that's a little bit of my OCD in me. Well, I hope we, uh, I hope we can get you guys there. I don't think I'm going to be able to make Joe at JoeCon this year, actually, because I've got a personal trip scheduled. So I think uh, a, a, a trip out to JoeCon might be might be out of the question. But you never know. You never know what'll happen. Joe, maybe the tax we... money, maybe tax money shows up, or like you know, maybe just like Skep, my wife's just like take it off, just go get out of here. I don't know. So we'll see. Oh, by the way, excellent play on and play off music. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's 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 got such a great sense of um like like uh, uh, occasion. Yeah, I'm like. Uh, jo- who's who's Joe Slepsky? I should know this guy. <laughs> this is, his name is in the title of his song. It's cool, man. Oh man, Very well, cool. yeah. Thank you. They're great. They're great. They're great. They're great. Yes, that is uh, that's Jay Flax and the Heart Attacks. That's Matt's. That's Matt's band from DC. He's not in DC anymore, so I don't know if they're. I I know that I'm sure they're still friends. I'm sure they'll, they'll they would still play together. But Matt moved back to Chicago, so. Well, but I love it. Mm-hmm. I do. I love my theme song. He's a crimson guardsman, and he's chosen to he's, lie low. Oh, he for totally a bit, is. Uh, move away from the capital. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And if he hears this, he'll he'll know what you're talking about. So I, I love it. Well, listen, we're gonna watch General Confusion today. Are Are you ready? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, my friend. <laughs> so everyone, make sure you guys find GI Joburg. I'm sure you already know it. They were here first. They were planting the flag first. But if you haven't listened to GI Joburg, there, you know, it's all the podcast places everywhere you can find them. Find them. On, they're also great fun on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and all that stuff. So find them. They're great. Uh, Steve Jubber, let's do this thing. You ready? Oh yes. Here we go. So this was was this the first version of the theme song and stuff that you saw when 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 you were coming up with GI Joe? No, I was treated to the the movie uh, theme song, which oh kicks so much ass. Which is so much better. Oh my god, so much better. (laughs) Like in fact, didn't you have? um, So you had me. uh, You sent a correspondent out to WonderCon and and grabbed me for a quick interview recently. Um, he was awesome. Uh, was Cujo, was that his name? Yep. Cujo Curtis Herod. Uh, he is part of GI Joburg. He is our, our long beach, uh, member. It, it makes a lot of sense to have a member of, uh, GI Joburg. Yeah. He's out on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very (laughs) cool. But he tracked me down, which I was very appreciative of. And we did a quick little interview for you. And so I listened to that episode of your pod and there was a whole bunch of guys that you tracked down at. WonderCon. One of them was the mm. guy who originally animated. So we got we got General Confusion. It's written by Stephen Green. Um, and it was the guy who animated the opening intro for the movie. And I, I just thought that was good. That guy's a hero. That is that you put that on your resume, that should get you any job you ever want. I don't care if it's not even an animation, but like we're hiring psychologists for this medical office. But like, yeah, well, I did the G.I. Joe intro. Okay, you're hired. Oh, yeah. Well, he was so thrilled to have what essentially was tantamount to a feature film budget. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd been working on cartoon series budgets. And, you know, a lot of his stuff, as he said in the interview, was kind of left uh, on the cutting room floor, as it were. But the animators animated everything that yes, he drew yes. for that, uh, that opening sequence. So you had background action going, foreground action, like everything was in the mix. And that's why that 
you know, endures as a, a I suppose, a, a masterclass yeah. in cell animation. It's so intros. good looking. Was it disappointing when you then went to and either one of the cartoons? Because, I mean, it's it's it is it's a downgrade. And either Sunbow or DSC, it's definitely a downgrade <laughs> when you're like, oh, that's what the animation looks like. <laughs> Well, you know, I think I encountered it uh, so recently that I, I I took it with a big pinch of salt. Uh, you know, I didn't grow up with the with the cartoon in abundance. Mm-hmm. I think we had a few scratchy copies that that were you know traded around school, but you know, the, the, yeah, it it did not air. Um, daily or yeah. Yeah, in, well, in the same way it would have in the States. Before we get too far into it, let's talk about what's going on in the show. We're getting a very nice array of Joe members on this episode. Like, there's a nice variety. We find, we get Dusty, the new look Dusty with Sandstorm, his pet coyote. It was a coyote, right? Not a, or a, yeah, coyote, not a dog. Yeah, right? yeah. coyote. Um, a tame coyote. A tame, yeah. Wow. <laughs> well done, Dusty. <laughs> Absolutely. We also get the return of of uh, Low Light, which I don't think we have seen him since the Operation Dragonfire. Uh, oh, is this his version two debut? Yeah, version. Was this is is this because I, I thought I thought it was it was was in in Dragonfire he was in his Slaughter Marauder outfit. Correct. Right. Yeah. And so, so this, this would is technically his version. be I suppose, version three. Yeah. So this is his like just different look look, which now he's using just for mm. men on his beard because he was a blonde in the Sunbow <laughs> series, if memory serves. Well, you know, it would make you sense know, to, 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 to take that, uh, that hair down a shade. It because, does. If you know, he is working off the dock. You're totally right. It makes total sense. I love Dusty's new look. Uh, they're, you they're, do? I do. I, I, I prefer the original, but I, I like just seeing Dusty in action, you know? We're yeah, also... though it's it's kind of got a more superhuman uh, uh, aesthetic. Like, yeah, they nailed Desert Trooper in his first version. Yes, how do you top that? You don't. Well, you rip off his sleeves and give him an animal yeah, companion. Yeah, yeah. Very nineties, <laughs> like it's true. Yes, it's hero. true. It's true. I mean, I do. Per- I do prefer Dust, the other Dusty, but you know, it's still. I think it's a good look, and I like. The, I I'm on record. I love the animal companions. I love Polly and Timber and freedom you know so i i I gotta like sandstorm so the joes they're attacking as they're attacking this cobra base um they're also getting uh penny pinch with big Mm. ben which uh is great to see big ben and we also red star shows up they're still calling him like colonel valikov or whatever Uh, (laughs) um and that's a generation two of the crimson guardsmen correct yeah, they they kind of uh, upgraded the Crimson Guardsmen to being called Crimson Guardsmen Immortal. Yes. Um, presumably that means that these are even more elite. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. You thought you were good before, but now you're immortal. <laughs> because Extreme was, uh, extreme was taken. Yes. But this <laughs> yeah. Cost Uncle so this is great. She's just penny-pinching everything. The, the rip in his shirt, all the bullets they're using. It seems like a plot device we've seen before in G.I. Joe cartoons and comic books. It like is. The bureaucrats need a weigh in on yes. how G.I. Joe Berg is spent. Oh, G.I. Joe, sorry, Freudian slip there. G.I. Joe is spending his money. Yeah, it is. And, and uh, I'm trying to remember exactly the episode, but it's not coming to me. However, the previous one that we did for, for Joe and Joe was a rehash of an old one. It was a rehash of the Synthoid Conspiracy. Where they Cobra replaced someone at the hierarchical, you know, at the top. In this case, they replaced the president, and she then went about dismantling the GI Joe team. And they that's that's what they did on the Synthoid conspiracy. So you're right. This does sound familiar, but I 
what's going to happen is by the time we edit this, I'm going to remember exactly what it is. So maybe I'll jump in with an edit and be like, hey, kids, of course. Yeah, it's this episode. Brr. You know, had I done research, we wouldn't be in this predicament there. Steve. Uh, research, knee search, man. We're here to talk about toys. Yeah. Speaking of which, we are seeing a showcase of awesome, awesome toys. Yes, we are. Like within the first few minutes of this, we've seen locusts, retaliators, the general itself. On the Cobra side, we've seen Destro's Dominator. We've seen a whole bunch of mm -hmm. troops. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. We also, Rage tanks. No we also see exploding tree sap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, every cartoon has to have its MacGuffin yeah. or several yeah. of them. How, how, what is exploding tree sap all about? <laughs> I don't, I don't understand it. I'll just accept it. Yeah. Just it seems to have it. undone Cobra not once, but twice already. Uh, clearly they don't know how to, how to handle this stuff. Yeah. Well, you know what? In the universe where, uh, over in the Sunbow ones, they made giant, fruits and vegetables and attack the city of Chicago with it. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I suppose exploding tree bark isn't that far. Mm. Maybe, maybe there was a source of energon that was infecting the trees. Oh yeah. Cause energon gets unstable, doesn't it? Yeah. So you know what? Here you go. There another, another Joe transformer crossover point. Hasbro toy fest. Yeah. Um, we just had a, a cool frame of the general Displaying a feature that uh, I don't think people talk about nearly enough. Which it is? It can carry helicopters mm. on its on its top deck. Mm -hmm. There's two landing pads. And it came with an included helicopter, I suppose, akin to the Terradrome coming with a fire bat. Except in the case of the General, it's a mobile base. Yeah. And I want to point out that, like, one of my favorite sequences in any uh, toy-related cartoon is when you get to see the insides of the toy. Yes. So the Joes in this frame... They're inside the general. They're inside the sort of the the uh, computer um, uh, sort of nerve center mm -hmm. inside the toy, and and that just gives a toy so much more life. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, I totally agree. I absolutely agree. Because, because if you if you were considering buying the toy, you'd only ever see the catalog shots and maybe the box arts. You'd never really be able to investigate its sort of nooks and crannies like you would if you owned the thing. Right. So the cartoon is is getting in there for us. It's um, that's something that I always it's, like. To do it's my the YouTube Millennium. Channel, it's like the really? Millennium Falcon effect. Do you remember Bingo. the Millennium Falcon toy? Yeah, it was the Falcon, but you could pop the top off and you could have adventures inside of the Falcon. Oh, if yeah, you remember man. that. Um, and that was just such a big deal for me. Oh, it's Zorana. Zorana's the penny pincher. Uh-oh, uh -oh, shocker. But yeah, that being able, <laughs> to, being able to go inside that ship and then have full adventures 100% inside the ship was huge. That was a huge thing. Yeah. So you're totally right. Seeing inside this stuff is absolutely... A vehicle, a playset, and a diorama all in one. Yeah. What do you think of the Armored Cobra Commander look? I like them. We're going to go to commercial. Be right back. Today's file card features on the G.I. Joe Tomahawk pilot, codenamed Lift Ticket. His file name is Victor W. Sikorsky. His primary military specialty being rotary wing aircraft pilot. His secondary military specialty being fixed wing aircraft pilot. His birthplace is Lawton, Oklahoma. Lift Ticket was one of those guys who joined the Army to get out of his hometown. The big difference with Lift Ticket is that he scored so high in the aptitude test that he qualified for West Point Prep OCS, Officer Candidate School, 
and flight warrant officer school. Nobody in Lawton ever suspected he was that smart. Apparently neither did Lift Ticket, since he opted for flight warrant school over the others, thinking that it was the only one that offered training applicable to civilian employment. Quote, getting into a target area is comparatively easy. You wait until dark and get sneaky. Now getting out after some caps have been popped and a can of firefights been opened, well, that's another story. All you can do is squat on the LZ and hope that whoever's driving the extraction chopper is skillful, persistent, lucky, and bulletproof. Lift ticket satisfies the first three requirements, and he's working on the fourth. I was a, I was a big fan of lift ticket. I liked his look quite a bit. I don't think I ever knew his name, seeing that it's named Sikorsky, which is after uh, the Sikorsky helicopter. I think that's fantastic. I think his look is dynamite. I love the multicolors they use on him. He's red, green, tan, and black. The coolest thing, he's got a microphone that popped into his head. I know that microphone is very sought after on the collector market because it was easily lost. And of course, we just need to talk about how cool the freaking Tomahawk was. Tomahawk was like a flying base. That's how massive and awesome the Tomahawk was. Everything about the Tomahawk was cool. You had the back ramp door that opened up. You could drive a motorcycle in. You had the removable seats. You had the two massive rotor sets. The front canopy popped open. The engine cover popped off so you could like work on it. it had all kinds of missiles. It had the guns on the side doors which were open. The Tomahawk was so good. And I think Lift Ticket was absolutely one of the better pilots of all time. As far as his design goes, I think he's wonderful. So I'm so down with Lift Ticket. I think he's great. So Victor W. Sikorsky, we salute you. You know, coming up, I had the Armored Cobra Commander, and I wasn't necessarily a, a fan as a toy, but he's grown on me over the years. It's a little intricate for me, but it's still cool. I I think he should have had a rocket pack, though. I don't know why he built a set of suit of armor <laughs> without a rocket pack. That's That seems like a well, huge What do you oversight. think the hole is in the bottom of his boots are for? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Totally Iron Man style. Yeah, it's totally Iron Man style. So this is great. We have our first, uh, was it the, these guys are the Desert Scorpion Troopers? Correct. Yeah. yeah. And they they too seem to have superpowers. Well, they're desert related. They're positing themselves as being holograms, but they're just, they're dudes. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny way to introduce them. They're an actual like part of the Cobra Brigade, but they just slap a little, uh, a little computer console on their device. chest and they're like, no, we're holograms. Don't worry about us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, I am overwhelmingly positive about this episode, but the one detractor that I have to point out is big Ben's extremely cliched British accent. Wow. I mean, he's definitely speaking Kings all the way. Tally sure. Hair, Pip, Pip and all sure. That, yeah. Which and I he's mean, also if, he's if also the kids it wouldn't matter so much but i i find it yeah slightly yeah. insulting to my intelligence right now like, <laughs> he's also a ladies with... he's a ladies man so they're playing up the james bond thing you know so um well they're also playing up the fact that zorana is just the honeypot man of this series she totally is having... and what what happened to mainframe what mainframe what, what happened to her top... romance with mainframe what happened to a romance with Destro? Well, he threw, Hello. He threw her aside. He threw her aside for Barrett's. Okay. So, you know. But, like, as far as, like, having Joe Cobra romance, I didn't realize you could have a, a romance with multiple members of the opposite team. I thought it was like Batman only was in love with Catwoman, not Catwoman and Poison Ivy, you know, and, you know, whoever. It was like there's one member of the opposite team that you can have a romance with. 
apparently Zorana does not follow those rules. Zorana is not only a mainframe side girl, but now Big Ben, she's a big fan of. Mm, well, mainframe didn't get a figure update. No, he Too bad. didn't. <laughs> I like that Heavy Duty is just flying in the outside of this helicopter. No Inside hands. a cavern. I can't imagine, I can't think of anything more dangerous than Power what was, than pegs, what was just happening. Like, There's no stronger bond than the G.I. Joe foot pig. It's true. Well, that that's very true. But a helicopter <laughs> in a cave is dangerous enough. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've got... Ah, but we've it's got... a locust minicopter, man. Those yeah. things are good at getting into tight spaces. Oh, he doesn't have any missiles. Try telling that to the Dominators. Yeah, this whole uh, this whole this whole Joe's out of money scheme Low light and is heavy uh, down. it's always like it's it's a high concept. It's something that works, I think. So high concept. Mm. If you could infiltrate and cut the budget of the military, you know, and then make them less effective. But mm. when you get to the minutia of it, it's always like really they would send them out in the field without a missile, like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but but then in the real world, you hear about like us not being able to arm or to properly uh, armor our soldiers that are literally in Afghanistan. It's so, like people have to donate money to armor them. So maybe it's not. Maybe that's not too far fetched. Yep, the purse strings have to be cut at some points. Oh, this is what I was talking about with the desert scorpions having some kind of superhuman ability yeah. to kind of burrow into the sand. No hands, just like sink. Yeah. They can do a disappearing act. Yeah. Well, do you think, is it because in this, are they trying to pretend like they're mirages? Or I do you think they're, like, are they, no, are they holograms? I think Joe, or? I mean, I, 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 and I have to, I, I, I got to save you from the wrath of the listenership. I think in this episode, they were playing those Cobra troops as robots, robot um, simulators. Yeah. Uh, that's why they had that little box on their right, chest. Right, right, right. But they're actually real cobras. But it's right, uh, they're real cobras, yeah. And as I say, like I think the desert scorpions, at least in deep continuity, have the ability to merge with the sand. That's like, crazy. I, I don't know. That's man. crazy. <laughs> it seems to, to exist within the physics of this episode. Yeah, okay, yeah. He just referred to them as android guards. Yeah, he totally did. Low light, I can't reach Captain Kremov. What's going on with you? Good. Oh, nice. Lowlight's secretly communicating using his visor. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> In front of two Cobra guards who, who don't <laughs> notice anything. Or just any Cobra guards, the guards, the Crimson Guard Immortals, the supposed yeah. elite of the elite. Yeah, the oh, elite well. of the elite, yet they can't hear or see anything. <laughs> Although, you know what, here's the deal. This is all fun. Like, these these sand viper, or scorp, sand scorpions... Well, here's his scorpion toy. This is cool because we get a scorpion uh, sandstorm showdown. We're going to commercial. Be right back. Hey, listeners. I'm not sure if you've heard the news, but Joe and Joe has started a Patreon, and I'm inviting you along for the ride. Go to patreon.com slash Pod and check out my page. Right now, there are two opportunities for you to help support the show. You can choose to be a grunt or a viper. Grunts get access to all the Joe and Joe episodes and early access to new episodes as they're created. Vipers get all that and access to my all-new spinoff podcast, Joe on Joe Illustrated, where I will be breaking down every single issue of the G.I. Joe comic books page by page in the deepest dive you'll ever hear on G.I. Joe. 
So go to patreon.com slash Pod and see what's happening over at the Fort Wadsworth Motor Pool. We'll see you there. So that that was like the ultimate play showdown where you got one guy with with a one action figure with a pet versus another action figure with a pet. And let's have it. Let's get it on. You know, mm-hmm. that's quite that's quite exciting. Yeah, this this one really is a showcase of all these toys. This is a solid, solid episode. <laughs> if for no other reason but that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it definitely does show off. All the capabilities and features of these yeah. toys. Now, Dig the version to sci-fi redesign. That was my sci-fi. And is, when I wait, saw that sci- Lime Green sci-fi. That sci-fi? Yeah, in the, in the backseat. In the backseat? That's, yes. that's the new sci-fi? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, actually, I like that better than the green one. The green one was always... The green one was like garish enough to be like... Like someone looked at that and said, "Let's go. Let's keep going this garish for the next rest of the line." And I was always like, "No, go the other way. Go the other way." That's I do like that design. Oh, look at Dusty. Nice. Dusty's gonna That's save the scorpion. But what do I do now? Sandstorm's snout looks like a pig snout. Just to <laughs> not let that go by. That looks like he's got the snout of a pig, which is really disturbing. That um, showdown was handled rather anticlimactically, wouldn't you say, Joe? Yeah, that could have been a better fight. Mm-hmm. That could have been reminiscent of the Spirit uh, Spirit Storm Shadow fight from Satellite Down. If only. But don't worry. We'll get another crack at that show. Sandstorm holding on to Dusty's back as he climbs up the wall is fantastic. <laughs> I wish How my, exactly dog, I wish my dogs would do that. <laughs> You need a coyote in your life. Yeah, dogs don't have that kind of grip strength. (laughs) Not at all. So, so Steve, if you could be a member of the Joe team or Cobra team, I'd like to ask my guests this. What what member would you be? Would you be Joe or Cobra? (laughs) And what was your specialty? And we'll get a name from you. Uh, I'd probably be a Joe. Um, And just to troll (laughs) the uh, the, 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 the fans out there um, who aren't uh, quite uh, my vintage, um, I would call myself action feature. Action feature. Oh, that's <laughs> because great. Because I would have, I would have all of them. Chopping action, uh, <laughs> a glider, a deployable parachute, uh, color change, battle damage. Yeah, I, I came up in the era of Ninja Force Eco Warriors. I wasn't interested in realistic looking green army men. I mm-hmm. was interested in the figures that squirted water. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what, yeah, so what would your, what would your official feature. specialty be? Like what would what would we say? Like your like you would be like the um, oh like on the the you would be like jack of all trades. <laughs> well, I'd probably be a sub team specialist. Sub team specialist. Okay. <laughs> you, need, you need someone to head up your your guys that are um, I don't know uh, planting the GI Joe flag on the moon. Well, <laughs> action feature is your man. Yeah, you're like the Joe team pinch hitter. You can literally do everything. Yeah. You can literally do everything. Your well, your your action feature. That's a little op, but uh, eh, I'll take well, it. Well, you know, I no mean, one else, no one else is going to take. It. I didn't say you do it well, but you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's Jack. It's joke. the phrase "Jack of all trades, master of none." Right? You know. Thank so you. yeah, I'll take it. But like, they need a guy to pinch it. We need a guy to fly. We need a guy to drive. We need a guy to karate chop. We need a guy to to squirt water out of his belaster. Someone give action feature a call. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I liked it. I like it a lot. That's fantastic, Steve. Yes, isn't it delightful?
So this is the um, Zorana Big Ben romance that we're that we're getting a little bit here, and uh, it just makes me think that at one point Mainframe and Big Ben are going to be sitting down having lunch in the commissary, and Mainframe's going to be like, "How could I? How dare you? Such a sap. Like how dare you? Like she was mine." She was like bros before hoes, bros before hoes, dude. Exotic accents. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, that's the that's the that's the appeal. But I still have the explosive sap. I love that his go for it, big man. This prison just has a big hole to the outside. Even if he didn't have the explosive sap, there was still a big enough hole that he could look out and see the coyote. Yep. Yeah, and they didn't take the explosive sap off him. Um, Here's Red Star just. Chilling. These stupid exercises chilling by. Oh, because he thinks they're still in an exercise. Honey, you should ask. Chilling Do you think by the, the term part. Red Star fell out of favor because, I mean, it was 1991 or thereabouts and the yeah. Soviet Union was coming down. Yeah, I don't uh, know. They, yeah, so, they, don't, they don't call him that on the show, but that was his action figure name, correct? Yeah, absolutely. His, his file name was Krimov, so they call him Captain Krimov in this episode. Yeah. Well, but, um, I wonder, I wonder, there's, um, there's, uh, DC has a character named Red Star. What a and oh, I wonder if there was some copyright thing no with calling him that in an animation. Um, like maybe, Though, maybe if DC memory had a... serves, I, I think the comic book explained its way around it. Oh yeah, Mr. Harmer is a, is a genius of diplomacy. Oh, I think best. he said, I think like 146. It was late in the run, and it was like one of the Star Brigade missions, and Red Star was leading the October Guard. Uh-huh. And I think he said, like, it was a throwaway line, but he said something like, "Yeah, I got my code name before it became politically embarrassing." Oh, interesting. Because I'm pretty sure the Soviet Union was taking off, or Russia was taking all the Red Stars off their military. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were for point. sure. Yeah, mm. for sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It, it's funny. The last episode we did on this pod too, they also changed the name of uh, Hector Ramirez, oh, yeah. the um, the reporter. It was obviously supposed to be him, and mm. and even there was a shot of a newspaper with him, and it said byline by Hector Ramirez, but they called him Jose something, and and I I couldn't figure out why they would need to change it. I don't think it's some kind of weird copyright thing. Or they, they, they couldn't use his name or something. I don't know. But here we go. G.I. Joe team's back to full financing. And Sandstorm gets to eat sirloin steak every day. See, that seems like a waste of military resources. Okay? I'm going to go the other direction. A waste direction of anyone's now. resources. Yeah. I don't eat that, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go the other direction and say, hold on a second, guys. Just because we can fund your bullets and your missiles, that doesn't mean that your, your coyote has to get gets to eat sirloin every night and it's highly extravagant uh i'm hungry joe i know i want to eat some coyote now like i wait what i'm sorry what What? that's not that didn't come out right what um no i like this episode though this is a good episode right It had action, but most importantly, it had toys. toys. 23 minutes of pure commercial. And that's something that DIC did very well. I mean, they were probably mandated to do it by Hasbro. Mm -hmm. They were like, "Mm -hmm, Sunburn Animation had all these fantastical extra designs for things that they needed, you Mm -hmm. know, suggested by the plot, like a Cobra airship or a Cobra base, things that weren't available. Mm -hmm. Whereas Deke, (laughs) it seems very evident that the plot lines 
almost revolve around what toys were available. Yeah. The costs are very tight. Uh, I, I, I recall listening to your episode about, um, uh, what's it called? The episode where they're on uh, vacation. Oh, v- Volcania. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. V- vacation at Volcania. That's it. And and saying how, how interestingly enough, none of the Joes seem to be wearing their vacation clothes. <laughs> they're all, all like fully uniformed. Yeah. Uh, Put on some shorts, guys. For the guys. simple reason that like, I guess they, they, DIC was mandated to not show the action figures in anything other than their action figure designs. Yeah. <laughs> except at the end of that episode, except for once everything was wrapped up, they finally put everyone in uncomfortably revealing speedos. Like oh, man. awkward, awkward speedos. Well, listen. thank you for saving me from having to rewatch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve, this is great. It's Steve from GI Joeberg, guys. It's the podcast you need to seek out. Find them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Go check out the GoFundMe. See if we can get these guys to uh, to JoeCon 2018 so we get some good in-depth podcast reporting. Steve, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Joe, it's a dream come true, man. Thank you very much. This was a real delight to, to speak out South Africa. Before we go, can I have you say diplomatic immunity for me? Hey, do you want a specific accent? Oh, in your in your accent, in your South African like accent. Like a thick South African yeah, accent. Yeah, like, like from a lethal weapon. Because I don't speak with a thick South African accent. I, I don't speak with a stereotypical Charlotte Copley. I don't know if you remember. Uh, you, the oh, guy, I know who Charlotte Copley is. And I'm not so uh, sure your assessment of your accent is spot on. But go ahead. Give me some diplomatic <laughs> immunity. Diplomatic immunity. Yeah, see, that's it. That's perfect. Thank you. You just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I sheltered that one. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. This has been a real delight. Uh, and now you, Joe, and Joeing is half the battle. Yeah.